Anything else? The female voice snapped his chain of thought. As a matter of fact, there is. I need the long-distance telephone records for the last three months for monikers. He gave her the address. Also, I have a partial DC license number on a black Nissan 300ZX ragtop. See what you can do. All the information will be at the concierge desk at the Holiday Inn Central on Rhode Island Avenue and 15th Street under the name of Samuel Johnson. You got it. Thanks. He stared at the sergeant, letting the exotic aura of the painting flow over him, even though this was just a poster. It made him think of the blonde. In his imagination, he conjured her up, watching her from the hallway as she came out of the office. Could she be managing this strip joint? Not likely. What was far more plausible was that she was here because no one would expect her to be in a sleazy place like this. Abruptly, he got up, went over to the poster. He took it off the wall. The blank wall leered at him mockingly. Then he put the poster down, looked more closely. The wall was cracked, so it was difficult to pick up, but there was no doubt he was looking at cracks that formed at a right angle. He followed them down, found two more right angles. He traced the lines all around with his forefinger until he had formed a rectangle. Bingo! Using the blade of a penknife, he dug into one crack, pulled up a corner. It peeled back, revealing a safe. Croker produced a small key ring on which hung perhaps a dozen hooked implements. Eyeing the brand of safe, he selected one, inserted it into the lock. He put his ear to the metal housing, listened to the tumblers falling as he manipulated the probe. The door popped open and he took a look inside. Croker went through the contents of the safe as quickly as he could. There was over $100,000 in neatly stacked and wrapped bills, a second accounting ledger, and a small calfskin notebook. He opened the ledger. This one told the true story of the moniker operation. Morgana Inc. was funneling tens of thousands of dollars per month through the club, and unlike the false ledger that showed the monies to be in tens of thousands per month, this one put the amount far higher. Moniker had laundered almost a million dollars a month for Morgana Inc. No wonder there was no typical sleaze bucket manager running this place. Croker slid the ledger back into the safe, opened the calfskin notebook. It was filled with neatly printed letters interspaced with Arabic numerals. He recognized this as some kind of code. He pocketed the notebook, closed and locked the safe, pressed the plaster-like rectangle back in place, then replaced the poster. He slipped quickly out of the office, exiting the club as Marguerite and the blonde had done. He walked through the refuse-strewn alley and around the corner toward the front of the club. He climbed into the cab and told the driver to take him to Marguerite's hotel. He dismissed the cabbie outside the Hay Adams, then took a room on the floor below Marguerite's. The night manager, responding to his badge, was only too happy to give him the location of her room. Up in the room, Croker sat down at the desk and opened the notebook. He took out a pad and pencil and went to work. He had spent six months in the Army codes and ciphers and knew more than the rudiments of cryptography. He felt certain this was no spy network he was dealing with, so the chances were good that this code would not be an arcane one. Having cracked the code, Croker now began the work of translating the groups into English. It took him the better part of three hours. What he found himself looking at were a series of entries for delivery dates and contract prices for a mind-bending array of top-flight international weaponry. It was illegal to export this ordinance outside the United States, and yet here was proof of a steady source of supply. So, Morgana Inc. was in the same business as Avalon Limited. Both were merchants of death operating beyond the law. He rubbed his tired eyes. 
Everything was decoded except for a few groups that had the number nine embedded within them. Then he got the idea of breaking the number down into its additive parts. He started with three threes. That would make the first letter a T. But the second letter became a Z, so that was out. He kept the T. The first three decided to add one. That made T-O. So far, so good. He tried two, thinking that because there were five letters, he needed five numbers to equal nine, but that didn't work. Adding three gave him T-O-T, but with only two ones left to make nine, he was back to gibberish. He tried five, got T-O-R. Three, one, and five equaled nine, maybe. Three, one, five. It hit him all at once, the partially unencrypted letters and numerals coalescing in his mind. Here, within the calfskin notebook of a vastly profitable arms merchant, was confirmation of the enigmatic weapon that Nicholas had come across in the computer files of Avalon Limited.